Good morning. It's fabulous to have you with us. My name is Louie. I'm one of the team leaders here at Elevate. And I am very, very excited about this morning. Very, very excited. So this morning, I've been really thinking about this new topic that we're kind of going to launch into for the next few weeks. And the title is called, I Know He Is, But Who Am I? And do you kind of remember that a little bit when we were younger? I know you are, but what am I? Do you remember that kind of thing? Well, that's been going on in my brain a lot these last few days, these weeks, just going, I know you are, but what am I? And it's really a, a kind of topic that's really gripped me because it's quite teaching and it brings out the teacher in me, which I'm very excited about. So today is going to be a lot of cool information that you're going to learn. But before we start, can I encourage you, if you have a pen and paper, use it. If you've got a smartphone or a device, take notes. This stuff that we talk about today is life-changing. It is stuff that has the opportunity to catapult you and me into a place where we build our future and build our trust in the very God who created us. We're talking about a God from the Bible, not some other God, which is, you know, if look, in some ways I kind of think it would be really cool. Believe what you want, do what you want, it's all cool. But that's not who we're here to talk about today. We're talking about the God of the Bible, who he is and what he means to us. So get ready. I'm going to be using big words. I'll even spell them out for you if you want to make sure that you get them right. It's very exciting. So let's begin. I'm going to pray before we start. Father, I thank you that we have an opportunity to gather together as your church, to hear truth imparted into our lives that causes us to be irrevocably changed and move and propel forward into the things that you've called and designed us for. Father, I thank you that this opens our hearts today. The words I speak from your Bible, from your word are truth. And I pray that that truth does set us free today, that that truth builds our faith, that that truth allows us to grow stronger and, and have a clear a picture of what we're designed to do here on this planet. In your son's mighty name, we pray for it. Amen. So I'm going to do a lot of notes and up and down, okay? So it's not regular because I like to talk like this, but I'm probably going to do a bit of that and a bit of this if I don't go off too much of the track. That's why I'm sticking to the notes, all right? So no matter who you are or what you've done, we all have one thing in common. Absolutely. Whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, whether you're sitting here today, whether you're really close to Jesus or far away from him, whether you know God or not, we all have one thing in common. See, we all share the natural conscious desire to know who we are and why we're here on this planet. We've probably questioned ourselves or thrown that, that thought process around in our head a few times in our lives, hey. What the heck am I doing? We've done it when we're little. What are you going to do when you grow up? Oh, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a metaphysicist. I'm going to be a housewife, whatever. We do it then. Then we change life. And then what do we do at some point when we get to school? Choose your subjects. You've got to choose what you're doing in year nine for year 10. So year 11 and 12, you're doing your waste and you've got to make sure you know what you're doing. Okay, I don't really know, but I'm going to try anyway. And you do it. You're forced to. Then you get to possible uni or possible not. You'll go to TAFE. And then what are you going to do? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. I like this, but I hate children, but I like teaching. I don't know. Should I be a teacher? <laughs> well, if you hate children, don't be a teacher. Do you know what I mean? We absolutely have these things rolling around in our minds. Quite, who am I? 
What was I designed to do on this planet? Well, it's so good you're here because we get to answer some of it, not all of it today. I'm so excited. Okay. See, if we don't have knowledge of who is the one that created us, we will never ever fully grasp the purpose of his creation and the plan he has for us, really. Like if we don't kind of know where our source is from, where we've been created from, if we don't fully understand that, it's a bit like, I'm not going to get too psycho babble on you, but it's a bit like family of origin stuff. I'm not going to go too psychological, but if we don't understand sometimes where our family roots are from, it's sometimes a little difficult for us to propel forward with stuff. Not that we live in the past, but it helps understand our future. So that's a really important little key, a little bit with God in us. If we don't understand our creator, who is the very person who created us, sometimes it's a bit tricky for us to navigate because we'll never fully operate how we're meant to if we don't understand that first premise. To know God is a very, very important thing. And I'll qualify again, the God of the Bible, not other gods that we may have come across in our paths. See, you could say that until you understand your identity your activity will never consistently take the shape of what the Bible teaches. That's a good one. Right, I'm going to say it again. Because if you're missing it, podcast, elevatechurch.me. Seriously good stuff. You could say that until you understand your identity, your activity will never consistently take the shape of what the Bible says. I like that. We'll unpack that a bit more. So don't worry if it seems a little bit too off with the fairies at the moment. When you see as God sees, you'll do as he says. A little bit like also parents and children. I'm not a parent yet, but I understand very, very quickly as I've gotten older, some of the stuff that my parents have gone through with me. And I think I'll understand it more again when I have children. So when I understand that, then I'm more responding to then what my mum or dad had requested of me in my wisdom of older age. So when mum, don't touch that, as a child, I don't get it, I don't care, I don't understand. But as an adult, because I've gotten to understand the source being my mum and dad, I'm more responsive to what they'll say and I'll act on those things. Does that make sense? Good, stick with me, I'm loving this. Okay, our problem is not that we don't know who God is, is that we don't understand who we are in him. Now, quite honestly, I know that I just said that, but I think that sounds a little bit arrogant for me to say that, actually, or for any of us to kind of say that, because the reality is we actually live in a generation that probably doesn't appreciate that. Well, you know who God is, but let me tell you who you are. We don't really kind of respond a lot to that these days. Well, let me tell you about you. Back up, toots. I'll tell you about me. We don't really live in that kind of culture. So I think it's a little bit arrogant. And I think God would say it's a little bit arrogant to assume that about an individual. It's a bit like this. So you may be in the same category. I like to go and check out certain bands. And Andrew and I were talking about this before before we started our live experience at 10. And there's a band, there's a group that I love, 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 love. And they're coming to Perth. They're an Australian band. They're a hip-hop band. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but their names are Bliss and Eso. And I really like them. I like their sound. I like their tunes. They're really cool. They're in the same kind of genre of hip-hop as well. And the bands that kind of fall into that are like 360, Hillop Toods. I like those guys. 
I like a whole variety of things, but I like them too. Anyway, they're coming to Perth. I'm so excited. And they are coming on the 3rd of May. Now, the 3rd of May is when Mark is doing the half Ironman Bustleton 70.3 race. I couldn't care less about that race. I'm more excited about going to this concert that I'm probably going to check out on the Friday night, although he's racing on the Saturday. And I don't care because I'm going to party like the best of them. So when I get this information on my email, I am so excited so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, babe, my band's coming. I'm so happy. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. I'm going to, who can I talk into coming with me? They probably don't want to come because who wants to come to a half Ironman race? But anyway, we'll see if I get someone to come with me. I can't wait. Would it be really? And then I kind of go into imaginary land. Oh my gosh, it would be so cool if I got backstage passes and got to hang out with the band after. And oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Like I would just love it. Don't you think? Or it would be like any band. If, you know, I wanted to go and see you picture. So instead of saying Bliss and Eso, you picture the band that you're really like, oh, I couldn't believe if I had to see them, I would just love it. Think about that band, right? So for Regan, it would probably Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Not quite the same. But, you know, I love Barbara as well. I wouldn't be so passionate about wanting to see her backstage. But so, <laughs> I know. So, you know, I, I was so excited about this. Like, I'm so excited. And then Mark's nodding his head. He's like, that's great. Who are they? I was like, what? Like, Excuse me? What? He's like, that's great. Who are they? Who are they? Are you kidding me? Who are they? Do you live under a rock? Oh, my gosh. So I am just like seriously, you don't know who they are. Oh my gosh. Right. So then I'm going on a little bit like this. And then I kind of got thinking about it and went, you know, there's actually a disconnect here. There's actually a miss kind of representation or a misunderstanding. You see, who I thought was a big deal is not really who Mark thinks is a big deal. Just because I thought, you know, all that in a bag of chips doesn't mean Mark thinks they're all that in a bag of chips. And it, the band doesn't really even mean much to Mark. And who really cares at the end of the day? Congratulations. Go and check it out. I couldn't give ABCD. So good on you. And then, see, I kind of got a really interesting connection about what it kind of means in what we're talking about today. You see, I was assuming that the importance I had on that band, translated to everyone around me and Mark. Well, because I think it's important. You must think it's important. That's not necessarily the case. And it's been like that with God. Well, I think it's important, so you should think it's important. That's not necessarily the case. Because it's first understanding and appreciating that knowledge and information. Now, I'd like to suggest that if Mark listen to the band, he might fall in love with them too and want to join me and will sing and scream and dance the Friday night before his race. Can you see that happening? Not likely, but I can imagine that that might be the case. See, in actual fact, everyone does not know the band's name. So therefore, it is a little bit wrong for me to assume that everyone's going to know about God. Well, you just know him. No, not so much. Not everybody knows about the God of the Bible, the cool things we're going to talk about him today. See, just because we think God's a big deal doesn't mean everybody thinks God's a big deal. When we have, now this one you want to get down. See, when we have a messed up assumption, it leads to messed up assessment. What does that mean? Let me break it down for you. 
We gather information. If it's not based in truth and fact, we take that information and we hold it thinking that it is, and then we make our assessment on that information. Now, we haven't considered the source, we haven't done the research, we don't really know, but we really stand firm on that information because that's what we know and that's where we make our assessment. And we don't operate from a place of truth. Mark always talks about, babe, give me the facts. Bottom line, give me the facts. Sometimes I want to slap him around, but it's a good place to start. Just give me the facts and we'll talk about emotion later. What are the facts? If you've got the facts, you can build an accurate place to make an accurate assessment. Some of us that have studied know this. I get it all the time at uni. There's no original thought. There's no original thought. You've got to just take what theorists and analysts and scholars have said and put it into your own words and then draw that information because it's applied knowledge. It's not that you've created something yourself. And in some ways, it's kind of true. I haven't created this information. I've been able to take the truth, extract some stuff from it and apply it to my life or the essay I'm writing. It's a little bit the same. I liked that statement anyway. Let's keep going. So in all of this, there's a really cool story in Exodus about a really cool guy, Moses. And I actually really like this kicking off about the truth of God. Okay, so we start in chapter 3 and it's verse 11. And Moses says this to God. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Like he's freaking out here. Who am I? What, what do you mean? What have I got? What, where's my skills? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign. I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested. You could even put Louisa protested. Pete protested. Jordan protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, what is his name? How many times have we protested? What am I going to do, God? But it's only me. I don't have a theological degree of three years and five years of a doctorate. I don't know. Then what shall I tell them? God replies to Moses. Now, this is the most awesome response that you could ever, ever picture from God. I love it. I am who I am. Love it. Say this to the people of Israel. I am sent me to you. See, the first thing I want to highlight right there, which I love, mind you, is that God spoke to Moses and he wasn't even acknowledging Moses's protests and concerns. He didn't even go talk to it. He just kind of spoke over it and said, I am who I am. In that very first conversation, God clearly defines, you don't need to worry about what you are or you do. You've got to worry about what I am and I am it. 
full stop. End of story. I love that. See, right now, we're going to do some really cool word pictures of God. These words are from the Bible, okay? There's 10 of them. Stick with me. This is an opportunity where I was praying before that this is going to be something that you can re-establish the truth patterns in your brain. See, the thing is we've got synapses in our brains, right? And they're established from a very young age that we build lines of truth or lines of thinking, okay? And I qualify truth and thinking because thinking isn't always truth. And what we want to do this morning is build those synapses along the path of truth. We're trying to reprogram our brains to understand what it means to know who a God, all-knowing, all-loving God is and make that a clear picture than what we've assumed in our past or in our lives. If you already know this, you are legends. If you don't, you're still legends because you're here and we're going to work through this together. First thing, let's kick this off. The word is one. O-N-E. He is one God. The Lord God is one. There is no other like him. He is the only true God and living God. He alone is to be worshipped and he alone is to be praised. Although he is one God, he is three persons. And the next word is three words. So number one is one. Number two is three words. So if you're taking notes, you write two and then one, two, three little dot points. This is the teacher in me, just helping you write your notes. You do that. Now, the theological term is called Trinity. So that means three in one. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit making up one. This is a cool picture. So everyone knows what an egg is. Do they know what an egg is? An egg has three parts, doesn't it? It has the shell, it has the yolk, it has the white. It's three sections that make up one full egg. You can't have them all separately because they've got to come together. You can separate them and use them for different things, but ultimately the trueness of an egg is those three things. That is exactly God, the Trinity, the three things. So if you're kind of trying to get a picture of it, God like an egg, but better. All right? Three things in one. Okay. Moving right along, we're going to screen through these. He is self-existent. What does that mean? He doesn't depend on anything or anyone. Never has, never will. He doesn't need any help from you. <gasps> what? <laughs> surely, surely God needs my help. Oh, no, he needs me to obey, but he doesn't need my help. Number three, uh, four, he's transcendent. I'm going to spell that. T-R-A-N-S-E-N-D. E-N-T-E, not A-N-T. That's a big word I know, but what does that mean? It means he's distinct and he's different. He's different than us. See, God is not everything and everything is not God. That might be a revelation, but it's true. See, God's not the universe and the universe is not God. It's a bit like this. A carpenter, he's doing his work. He's still the full carpenter. But he's working at his bench, creating stuff. He also has the opportunity to step back from his bench. He's still the carpenter and the creator. That's the picture of God. He stands apart from creation, but he is creation. I know it's a hard one, but it's a good thing. 
God is imminent. I'll spell that. I-M-M-A-N-E-N-T. That means he is close. He doesn't stand outside of his creation, but he enters into it. He is near. He is present. He has made himself known. God is immutable. These are awesome words. Stretching our brains. I love exercising our brains. I'll spell it. I-M-M-U-T-A-B-L-E. This is my favorite thing about God, though. It means he never, ever, 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 ever changes. Never. He is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. He cannot be changed. He cannot be altered. He cannot be moved. He cannot be tampered with. He is God. Now, let me tell you, that is something we can rely on. The ever, ever present and stable God. Never changing, never altering, never different. If that's one thing that helps me connect with him, then that is something that I want to draw to and not away from. He is eternal. That's number seven. That means he is unbound and unrestricted by time. Limitless. I love that. He is infinite. That means that he is untouched, unhindered, unrestricted by limitations or boundaries. Getting to the last two. He is omnipresent. And that's spelt O-M-N-I with present. P-R-E-S-E-N-T. That means he is not limited by space. That means that the world he created cannot hold him. He fills all things in every way at all times. And the last one that I'm just talking about today is he is omnipotent. And that means he has all the power. Let me go back. I'll spell omnipotent. O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T. He has all the power. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is too difficult for him. He can do all things and he can never, ever fail. These 10 this morning are just to name a few of what the picture of the true God is. See, no matter how many words I have to describe God, to make him known, We'll run out of space, we'll run out of words, we'll run out of time. Why? Because even though we have a God that is known to us, we will never know everything about God. We will never know the depths of his love, the depths of his mercy, and the depths of his grace. We will never. Until that time when we get to heaven and reconcile with him forever and eternity, that will still become the unknown to us. The last word that I'd love to use to describe God is that he is perfect. He is absolutely perfect. Perfect means that he is holy, he is righteous, he is blameless, he is good and does good things. He is truth, he's not evil, He's not incapable. He's full of pure love. God is life, full and unadulterated life. He talks about it again in our Bible. I have come 
to give life and life more abundantly. That is the essence and the truth of God. I love that my God is a giver. God is great and God is good. He is big and he is strong. He is loving and mighty. He is close and he is caring. I love the song I learned as a little kid and it is so special to me. And some of you may know it. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And that is the picture of the creator for me. See, God didn't just write a book to tell us about himself with words on a page, which is helpful. He also took the opportunity to become flesh, and that flesh is Jesus Christ. He became a baby and grew up into a man, and he embodied and represented everything of those 10 words plus more I've talked about. He became real, tangible, and lifelike. And that is something that we absolutely can trust into because that is the truth of who God is. You know, the story about this Jesus goes on. He lived a life reflecting and demonstrating who God is. But in some ways, there was a semi-tragic ending He was crucified on a cross because not many people liked the things that he represented, didn't believe it was true, didn't understand that that was a picture of God, thought it was a man. But who? You? You are the son of God? Seriously. I don't think so, buddy. So because of that, without going into that kind of story, come to Easter. You want to hear it if you haven't. It's a fabulous story. Jesus died on a cross. But the cool thing is because God is a giver of life, He rose again to demonstrate the eternal love of God, Jesus, the flesh, the word. Jesus died so we can have life. Jesus rose again to show all the things that we've talked about in these 10 words is true about God. Jesus did this so we can experience a life of eternity. I'm going to wrap up now, but you know, I know it was a lot of head knowledge this morning, but head knowledge is good because it helps us operate and act accordingly. It gives us the tools to work and equip ourselves to have the confidence to step out and trust the things that we say and stand for. That's why I love it. So yeah, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit teachy, but it's a good thing because we're able to be assured of the truth that's in our minds and hearts. See, this morning, as we bring to a close, I kind of want to just highlight and pause here for a minute and say something really important to you. You know, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, no matter where you live, no matter what clothes you wear, no matter what car you drive, no matter what education you've had, Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, loves you. Absolutely, with no conditions, loves you. Whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, that's irrelevant to God. 
You are his creation. You are his child. He is well and truly pleased with you. But the cool thing that I'm going to invite some of us to do this morning, or all of us, depending on where you're at with Jesus, is if you haven't had an opportunity to respond to a place where you really can truly, fully operate in some of the words or understand some of the words of what this true God is, this morning you have an opportunity. And the first step is, in a moment, I'm going to ask us, some of us to raise our hand and I'd love to pray with you about responding a yes to Jesus and choosing to build a relationship with him and trust in this truth and this word, this Bible. By saying yes to Jesus invites you into a place of complete and total surrender and openness. And I know that that's a hard thing to do in this current climate and generation. I know it's hard when our hearts are full of stuff. I know it's not an easy thing to give over and surrender. But if you do this morning, and if you don't, can you just promise me that you keep finding out about this Jesus, keep moving forward and moving to a place where you learn more and more about this Jesus and this God to then really put your hand on the line and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to choose to cross over and continue my walk of life with Jesus. See, this morning, those words that we talked about, the picture of God, are like a beautiful gift for you that you can unpack, open, and build up into your heart for your future. Let's pray. Father, right now, every person represented in this room, whether they're close to you or far away from you, is irrelevant today. Today, you love them unconditionally. You love them without anything that they can do better or worse. You love them, period. But I will pause. And for some of us who don't actually know you or who have stepped away from you, used to walk with you, used to have a relationship with you and thought, nah, stuff this. It's far too hard. This morning, I'm going to invite the opportunity for people to slip up their hand and respond to a life with Jesus, of a life saying yes, of a life of adventure. So if that's you this morning, I'm going to do a really quick sweep across the auditorium with my eyes. Slip up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. So I'm starting at the left and I'm going to the right. If that's you, slip up your hand and show me that that would like to be included in a prayer. Cool. Father, I thank you that you take us on this journey, that this morning is the beginning of the open realness of who you are, the truth of who you are. Lord, I pray that you continue to build our hearts and our strength and our wisdom about making incredibly great choices built on your truth. Father, I pray that our identity, as we start this journey of learning about you and understanding you more, that we begin to understand ourselves more about who we are and what we're designed and destined to do. Lord, before we wrap up the last few minutes, I pray for then this coming Sunday, our Easter time, the time that you, Lord, shine the brightest 
because it is all about eternity. Father, I pray for people in this place and their represented families. God, I pray for courage and strength and guts to invite friends to come along to Elevate. But beyond that, Lord, I pray that this time is a reminder of us being completely surrendered to you. In your son's mighty name, I pray. Amen.